Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Got a great show planned for you. are going to be talking about breakups, I know. Tough, rough stuff. How to break up with someone, and then also how to uh, ethically and uh, with your mental health intact get broken up with and get through a breakup. I've been through a fair share of my own being the breaker upper and the breaker upper E, uh, if those words make any sense, but uh, it's tough. <clears throat> our whole world changes, so our identity, our sense of self, right? Our, the future that we had laid out or fantasized or even you know counted on has changed. Really important stuff, but also we wanna be thoughtful about how we impact the others. So we're gonna be talking about breakups, DMs always open, so we'll be gliding into those courtesy of Astroglide as well. So if you got a question for us, put it in the uh, DMs on our Loveline IG page, give us a follow back. And as always, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. I wanna start the show by just talking about something you're gonna hear more and more about, post-pandemic reintegration anxiety, PPPRA. PPRA. Sorry, I think I had another P in there. Now, all you need to really know is basically it's that um, syndrome. It's kind of a clinical syndrome at this point for those that are really struggling to really integrate back in. I am struggling with this, mind blown as well, because I tend to be very robust and resilient. Um, people are always like, oh, you seem so outgoing and gregarious. You must thrive in social situations. Oh, you have so many balls in the air career-wise. You must do very well with stress and complexity and chaos. And generally, the answer is kind of like, yeah, I can perform all of that very well. Um, I'm introverted. I prefer solitude, but I can perform and fake socialization and friendliness. I'm not unfriendly, I guess, so I shouldn't use that word. But um, I'm, I'm dealing with that post-pandemic reintegration anxiety. How do I reintegrate myself back into the life that once was? Here's the first tip. You don't. Things are different. We're not going back to normal. We're moving forward into a new phase. It's always a forward move, always towards something new. Always. You know, we're different people. The world is different. Um, so it's understandable that we need a little time to feel safe. But there's there's some certain things we can think about. Before we get to that, I just want to call out that it's the fear of integrating back into previous world conditions and lifestyle. Some of that's reasonable. A lot of things that had happened are not things we want. Also, this anxiety, post-pandemic reintegration anxiety, is also about the grief and loss that we dealt with and are still dealing with. Um, it's not just like, ah, oh, masks off, everything's open, back to life. I'm sorry, excuse me, what? We're still grieving the loss of things. There's still trauma in our bodies and our minds. We can't just be expected to go from zero to 100. And I think some people are. They have that expectation placed upon them or they've put it upon themselves. But there's a lot of things that we just went through and our, our uh, functioning will be impacted and we have to hold space for that. Uh, part of the syndrome is also worrying about not being able to get back in there and feeling safe, uh, nervousness, uncertainty related to work, socialization, things like that, social anxiety. I was just talking to a friend and he said, I'm figuring out how to work through the trauma of having not been touched in a year, right? Like that's bigger than just social anxiety. What's it like to sit with and amongst and to be around? What's it like to be touched again, right? Um, and then even bigger than that, a lot of these existential questions regarding control, purpose, meaning, happiness, right? Who are we? Who do we wanna be, you know, right? We've had a major cultural shift. Uh, so what are some of the tips, right, to both to best cope and deal with this? It's not something that we should seek to resolve because it doesn't work like that with mental health. It's always about how can I manage it better? How can it be less severe? How can it feel more functional, right? Uh, we want to look at what are some of the things you miss and don't miss? I, I, I love that. Reintegrating 
what you want to reintegrate into or bring forward, right? So we're setting kind of intentions. What are, make a list, three to five things that you definitely want to step back into or be again, three to five things that you don't. What do you want to leave behind? That was one of the most powerful things I've realized moving forward. I'm reorienting my entire relationship to career, to socialization, to finances, right? I'm working on setting more boundaries, asking for my worth, um, saying no to things that don't feel tied to my purpose or meaning or bring me joy. And I know that there's a lot of privilege in a lot of that, but I think we can all do that within the microcosm of our lives. What are the things you need to say no to? What are the things you see, need to say yes to? What people do you want to bring back in? What people do you want to leave behind? I'm moving forward wanting <clears throat> more conscious people around me. I want to be more conscious spaces. I, I no longer drink. I'm avoiding bars and clubs. Not to slam that world, but that's not a place where I I, I know I, I don't feel safe and uh, heard or seen in those spaces any longer. I want places where I can hear myself. I can have deep conversation, right? There's not a distraction by noise and darkness. And I, and I was at some point spending a lot of time at uh, parties and events and um, <clears throat> traveling in a certain way. And now I'm moving into a more lower, lower activity, higher frequency consciousness place. And again, that's just where I'm at. And I'm really looking at the impact certain people have on my life and certain elements of my career that I don't want to keep participating in, or I want to step back into differently. Right? So just because you were this person before doesn't mean you have to be that person again, we're kind of setting like a mental health or psychological vision board in a way, right? Like, what do I want to move towards? I think it's a really beautiful time for everyone to also create like a mission statement. What's your mission statement? What do you want your purpose here to be? What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for? What do you want your mantra to be? What do you want to make your life centered around? What is your mission statement? When I get confused or thrown off and don't know what to do about a project or an event or a person or something, I'll say, what's my mission statement? And I go back to that and I know what it is to transform and be transformed, to center pleasure, to center joy, to have everything tied to purpose and meaning. Um, I'm not making it about some of these old ego materialist based things, you know, higher power, higher presence. Um, all right, y'all coming up next, we're going to be talking about breakups. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline's brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. Stick around, we'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back and we're talking about breakups. I know, they're difficult on all of us. Uh, one of the larger questions, though, is... Uh, how do I break up with someone? I know. You just do it. I know. Easier said than done. So let's talk about the things you want to consider, things you want to think about. Uh, first off, <laughs> we're, we're thinking from a more mature, loving, compassionate, relational perspective. Remember, remember, remember. <clears throat> we never know the journey of life. We never know who we're going to encounter. We never know what we'll want down the road. We want to always leave lovingly and with compassion. Remember, everyone enters the dating world very beat up very traumatized. It's it's a rough game out there. And we want individuals to feel cared for. I want people to walk away from the dating world and hookup culture feeling good about themselves and feeling safe. It doesn't have to be as hard as it is. I can't tell you how many people in my life and clinically say dating is exhausting. Dating is so difficult, right? Or they, they do a sigh of relief at the, the idea of stepping back into it. And that's because, yeah, it's a complex thing. It's a numbers game. It's really hard to find someone who you can maybe 
move through life with, right? Or who can meet you where you're currently at. So there's a difficulty just inherently in chemistry and compatibility. That is not something simple. And as I say over and over, you can't decide you're going to just get into a relationship this month, this year, or whatever it is, but you can and are responsible for laying the conditions around which that can emerge, right? So that's always the work of relationship. Are you laying the conditions around which it can happen? Or are you thinking it should just knock on your door? Some people do. Uh, some people choose to feel victimized and hide behind their gender. Well, I'm a woman, so I feel like the guy should have to. No, grow up. It's 2021. If you want to be in a relationship, you got to lay the conditions. You got to move through the world singly. You got to smile. You have to flirt. You might have to ask people out, right? So we're changing that whole game. We're not keeping ourselves victimized because of our gender or whatever the other factors are that you choose to allow to be an obstacle. But again, my bigger point is we're going to be talking about breaking up. And so remember, you are responsible and accountable for the people you build relationships with. If you are no longer interested in seeing someone, we're dealing with it with a higher level of integrity, right? We're taking responsibility for the fact that we don't want people to move away from having been in a relationship with us or having dated us being worse off in the world. Every time you interact with someone, even if it's just a few text messages exchanged, they're feeling better about the dating world, right? They're feeling better about themselves. They're feeling about better about other people. Be a part of being a positive change. Like I really do challenge everyone with that. Be honest, be transparent. If you are not willing to lovingly and honestly break up with someone, if you know that historically you just disappear or ghost, you are not mature enough to step into dating. It, it requires and mandates that you're willing to let people down and disappoint them and to be honest. And if you're not ready to do that, please put a pause on dating. Don't continue to hurt people and work on that willingness because dating is often hurting and being hurt until we land in a relationship with someone that we have long-term sustainability with. We're taking it seriously. This is mental health. And part of working on mental health is us working on what kind of individuals we are within hookup culture and dating culture. A hundred percent, right? And everyone's beat up by it. So that's just the first thing I always want to remind people about breaking up. It's not simple. It's not easy. But you have to have the willingness to do what it takes, right? Because again, the first thing I want people to remember is we're doing it with compassion. The person you're breaking up with is a human being. Leave with integrity. Leave with care. There is no mental health. There is no valor in being part of someone's relational trauma story, right? You don't want to be that person where someone says, this relationship really beat me up, right? Or when it ended, it ended horribly. Or because of that relationship, I don't really trust other people. I don't feel safe in my body, in the world, in dating. So leave people better off than when they met you. Leave them being better for having been with you and around you, right? It's an ethic. It's an important ethic. That's the mental health piece. Excuse me, mental health piece. We have to be willing to do that. Um, okay, so that's the main piece of that one. Also, we're not ghosting anymore right? We, we've talked about that before. It's a very, very painful, harsh, cruel thing to do to someone. Um, people have to buy into accountability and responsibility. If you've consistently been spending time with someone and connecting with them, you have to lovingly address your changing in patterns and habits. You all know, you've heard people talk about not getting closure, not understanding what happened. Maybe you're not going to give the individual a full explanation. You, you, you don't necessarily owe them that, but you do owe them clarity, you do owe them understanding. There's nothing worse than watching people try to decode on their phone what happened or where someone's at or what someone wants. Healthy people let you know and tell you. So if you've consistently been seeing someone or chatting with them, you need to address why you're no longer doing that. And I'm okay with people sending text messages. I don't believe you have to see them face-to-face -to, -face to break up with them. A lot of people would rather not have their time wasted. If the only way you will confidently end it is over text, my God, then that's how you do it. Hey, it's been great getting to know you. Unfortunately, the chemistry's not there or, or my feelings have changed. And I'm not interested in really pursuing that anymore. So take care. Wishing you all the best. That's all you have to do. That's it. Bam. Just let them know. And if they choose to enact violence on you because they don't understand that at any time you are allowed to end it with someone and they start getting harsh or name calling or attacking, you can block them and ignore them. Because I want everyone to hear that as well. If someone breaks up with you, you, you can't get mad. They have a right to do that. That in fact is healthy. They're supposed to do that if they're not interested. Say thank you. Say thank you for respecting me enough to tell me directly because most people don't. You can say I'm disappointed and frustrated. I feel let down. I feel misguided, but thank you for telling me. And of course you have the right to not want to spend time with me anymore more period 
Even with marriages, you're allowed to leave a marriage. Oh yes, you're allowed to leave any relationship of any kind that is no longer healthy for you, correct for you, something you're no longer desiring or something that's toxic for you. I don't want people staying in unhealthy relationships. That's the positive angle of the high divorce rate is people are finally saying, I don't need to stick around in unhealthy, toxic things. And also it's people recognizing that people grow and change and they don't always grow in the same direction where they're always still meant to be together over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. That's a very bizarre idea that we're gonna always grow and change in the same directions and be compatible. It's not true, but we have to be willing to not ghost people. We have to be willing to be honest and end it with our integrity. All right, we gotta take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna keep talking about this, uh, how to break up lovingly with integrity, mental health. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're spending some time talking about uh, breakups, you know? Why? Because it's an important part of mental health. You know, we talk about mental health as though it's just boundaries and self-care and self-regulation. And uh, we don't talk about things like, it's how people exit and enter relationships. It's how people let someone know that they're no longer interested in being sexual with them or relational with them. That is part of your mental health and the other person's mental health. We're thinking collectively, you impact other people's mental health. Yes, you can make someone feel a certain way. That is not, it is a lie when people say things like, someone can't make you feel a certain way. Yes, they can. Absolutely, it's called relationship. We care what people think about us. Mirror neurons, empathy, like all these different things. Yes, we do, and you are responsible for that. Your mental health is determined by how you treat and engage others, 100%. That's when it's best shown. That's why I love people saying things like, hey, tell me about your last relationship and your ex in a very loving way, and everything you say next lets them know how healthy you are. How did you end it? Lovingly? Can you still see them? Are you still able to be friends? Well, that means you don't burn it down. That means you leave with integrity. That's a good sign. Did you call them tons of names? Uh-oh, red flag to the person listening. Because at some point, if they frustrate, frustrate you, you'll be saying the same horrible things about them. So you're always telling on yourself every step of the way, right? And so we're trying to be better when we end it with someone, with compassion. We're not ghosting. Again, as we said in the last segment, if you're dating someone, then you have the responsibility for being in a relationship and actually end it if and when your interests change. Disappearing, going silent, or delaying responses are actual tactics of cruelty. And that is not a sign of your mental health. You're not willing to be have healthy boundaries, which means to communicate in that way. You don't have healthy communication skills, right? You don't, you know, it's not a relational mindset. So we're working on that. Also, we're using honesty. One of the most problematic things is when people provide a hook that someone can psychologically hang hope on because the person who's ending the relationship doesn't have the confidence or willingness to just honestly say, I'm no longer interested in being with you. They'll say, now's not a good time, or I need some space, or all these things that aren't true. If those things are true, you can say them. But if they're not true and you don't want to be their friend and it's not about timing, just say, I'm no longer interested in moving forward. The chemistry is not there or the compatibility is not there. But please don't say things that aren't true. Don't be vague, right? Because there's nothing more painful than a lack of clarity and understanding about whether or not someone's broken up with you or whether or not you should hang in there and wait for them or whether or not you should still hold space for them or connect them, right? So, let them know when breaking up, use those words. That's the most loving thing, honesty and clarity. That is how you, because that's what people will say to me. What's the, what's the best way? And I'm like, what do you mean by best? You mean painless? No such thing. It's going to be painful because you're hurting someone. You're ending it. What's the most honest mental health centered way? Clarity, truth. Yes. Depends on your goal, but it should be always, I don't want to hurt this person, right? So those are the most important parts. Also, they are not there for you to take back down off the shelf if you start to panic or feel lonely or get bored. Do not reach out to the person you ended the relationship with, your ex, just because you get lonely. Your ex is healing. They are mourning your loss. Don't confuse them. Don't distract them. Don't present false hope, right? Because when people are broken up with, they often will try to stay present or re-engage. So your ex is healing and mourning the ending. Leave them a be. Reaching out to try to like play relationship for the day can keep them confused, right? Staying in contact can maintain that attachment. And many people when hurt will hang on to any sign of possibility or hope. So again, if you want to be friends, then you're allowed to try to build a friendship, but make sure you're doing friend-based things, right? Otherwise it's confusing. But if you don't want to be friends with them and you don't feel like you can 
you know, really commit to that longevity, don't just reach out on one-offs or every now and then because you're bored and lonely. There's a huge distinction because like I said, a lot of people will hold on to any little bit of possibility or hope if they care for you, you know, and you honor that, right? Because we're not trying to move through the world, especially not the dating world, making people's lives harder. Also, don't burn it down. Leave space for there to be something more maybe or for them to at least feel kind or okay when they see you. I love people holding space for a friendship because being friends with an ex is a really beautiful thing. It's a gift to have that, right? Because just because a romantic relationship or sexual relationship is no longer on the table or possible, that doesn't mean a new healthy form can't begin or exist, right? And then finally, you're always marketing yourself. So how you break up with someone again shows future partners what they can expect, right? So when people talk poorly or disparagingly of their exes, well, it's more about the amount of integrity they bring or don't bring into a relationship. So just be very cautious and thoughtful about that. Like red flags, pretty much up and down and all over the place. Um, and that's why, again, remember, like we're always marketing ourselves. And if we can show that we've left lovingly and positively, well, that's going to have a really positive impact on those around us. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to glide into those DMs. Yes, that's right. And then we're going to keep talking about breakups. Now we're going to move into how the heck do I get over it, right? Because now we're talking about being on the receiving end of all that. Um, so if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Love Lenny G page, whatever you're wondering about, drop them in there. We're always there for you. Always anonymous, always confidential. No question is no good. They're all good. And uh, if you want to check out past episodes, you can go over to wearechannelq.com. Um, yep, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Love Line is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants, and massage oils for everyone. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. Okay, now it's time to glide into those DMs brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. You got a DM for us? Drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential, whatever you're worrying about. We got answers for you. The doctor's always in and uh, someone else might be wondering the same thing. So you're helping everyone else out as you help yourself out. So this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, there's an older man I'm interested in. He's 19 years older than me. And while... I'd like to tell him how I feel. He's been so hurt by past relationships. I fear he's given up on the possibility of love. What can I do to prove I'm different? I love this question. Because even though you're bringing up that uh, he's older, it sounds like that's not relevant, nor does it need to be. Age, chronological age promises nothing, right? Fortunately, unfortunately, depending how you look at it. So that's in there. And then we also have an ageist culture where we make a lot of decisions problematically based on someone's abilities or, you know, whatnot <clears throat> because of their age. And that traps and limits people because people buy into that. They buy into the uh, decline narrative of aging. They buy into the uh, naive and immature, you know, ageism in how we treat young people, that they don't have a right to uh, have their needs, you know, supported and their insights really explored and, and whatnot. And so as long as someone's of age and there's care and compassion in there, we move, we move forward, right? Because <clears throat> compatibility can show up in all different ways. And like I said, chronology doesn't promise maturity or health. I work with people that are in their 50s and 60s that have far less mental health or relational health or communication skills than maybe someone in their 20s. And so we're, getting, we're stepping outside of these false constructs and we're dealing with reality. Who is the person before me? And, and what can they, you know, what can we create together and how healthy is this for each of us? And that's what we move forward on, not these made up constructs like age, which is, you know, not honest psychologically, it's honest chrono chronologically, but psychology, you know, sits outside of that. So I like that you're not bringing that in. So basically it's you saying, this person's been hurt. How do I let them know I'm different? Look, unfortunately, a lot of people have been hurt by prior relationships. That's why I'm always advocating for us to leave relationships lovingly for us to be open and honest about what we want, what we need, and how we feel, right? For us to move slow and let people know where we're at or move fast, but let them know where we're at. And that's why I keep saying you have a responsibility for the people that you step into any kind of relationship with, socially, sexually, romantically, right? We want to really take that seriously. This person moves on into the world feeling better about dating, love, their body, sex, or feeling worse. Make sure someone's better off or at least neutral for having had you in their life. That is mental health. That's care. And that's all you can really do is if this is someone you're interested in, consistency. That's really what usually heals and starts to rebuild trust is consistency. You know, you're consistently there, consistently available, consistently a good person, right? 
It's about familiarity. It's about consistency. It's about responsiveness. It's about reliability. Those are the words that this, those are the key terms that this person will need to experience from you to start to trust you and to have what we call corrective experience, a new, more powerful experience that replaces the former one, right? That uh, gave them this idea that we can't trust or let go and, and lean into love, but also know that you're putting a lot of responsibility on yourself, but I'm okay with that. I want us to, again, be very thoughtful about how we deal with and treat others. So you know, the fact that you're asking this question tells me that you're going to be good for them. But I would say you also need to meet them where they're at, move slow, uh, not personalize anything that might come up for them where they might show a lack of uh, safety or some anxiety. You can't say, what am I doing wrong? It's again, history most likely showing up in the present. And so just be consistent and be responsive and be a good person. And that will happen. I, I love that you're taking on that kind of care. Um, but that's what it's going to be about, corrective experience. We need to have a new experience that's powerful and meaningful. And that's how we replace prior experiences, especially traumatic-based ones, right? Um, that's why we have to be very careful about who we, the life we curate, who we allow in. Are we bringing in people that are reminding us that things are better and can be different? Or are we kind of repeating past experiences by bringing in similar people that are reinforcing and strengthening the idea that love and sex and whatnot aren't safe and don't feel good, you know? Um, that's why it's kind of apropos for our topic tonight. Uh, we're talking about, well, we were talking about how to break up lovingly. It's part of this. And now we're moving into uh, how to deal with a breakup, right? And uh, then we'll be closing out the show by gliding back into the DMs, talking about a question tonight about what do I identify myself as? Do I need to identify? What is this identity politics stuff in the world? So stick around for that. Um, yeah, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about breakups. In the first couple of segments, we we're talking about how do you break up with someone? How do you lovingly, from a mental health perspective, with all of your integrities, end a romantic or sexual relationship with someone? And then now we're going to move into what if you're on the receiving end of the breakup? What if you get broken up with, right? How do you get over it? Because that's an important part of it, right? So a bunch of things to think in mind. First off, your perception of what just occurred is really an important part of your mental health. It's not just as simple as get over it, move on. It's like, oh no, it's more than that, right? So we have to not think in terms of success or failure because that's often what we go to, right? We think, oh, I'm a failure. It was a failure, right? Um, or I can't believe it ended. I really thought this was going to be go on forever and ever. I, I, I'm not dateable. Remember, successful the success of a relationship is not about its length of time. And that's really hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. What actually determines its health is how good of a partner you were. Like really think about that for a second. Our, our, anytime we're in a relationship as a boss, as a parent, as a friend, as a teacher, um, as a loved one, whatever, whatever relationship we're in, right? Especially if we're in a position of power, but in any dynamic, how good we show up, how good of a person we are within that role determines our success or failure of that role. How good of a parent are you? right? How, how is that child parent relationship? Well, how good of a parent are you? Right? Like we really have to look at the impact we're having and, and, and what our presence brings up or denies that right is where success happens or doesn't happen. It's not about the length of time because a lot of most romantic relationships are meant to end. And sometimes that's a good thing. You tried it out. It was when, as long as it's supposed to go, it was only good for the summer, right? Because whatever the summer allowed is what was needed or it was only good while on vacation or only good for that year. Remember, sometimes the circumstance is what helps it make itself work or the beauty of it. We can't always take it to a different city or to a different year or move it around and think it's going to manage itself. That's just part of it. I was in a very long-term committed relationship. We moved to a different city and it fell apart in that new city because of all the different changes and stressors and social dynamics. That happens. Maybe as you move into a new career or a new identity or a new phase of life, your, your, your gender changes, your sexual orientation changes. That, that, those things are powerful shifts. You step into a new academic career. That can change it. You want more. Maybe you step into a higher level of mental health. And unfortunately, your partner is not achieving that with you. And that can happen. I work with some clients doing a lot of hardcore therapy. And their partner's like, oh, I'm good. And they evolve beyond them. There's no longer anything compatible. Compatibility winds up getting left behind. We also see high rates of divorce and breakups in, in sobriety. People get sober. 
And they're like, my partner no longer makes sense to me. That relationship was built on and sustained by I was, the fact that I was using, even though people might think, well, now it'd be a better relationship. Sometimes we have nothing left or the, or the partner at home actually wants us to change back because they did like aspects of who we are while using. So again, remember, success or failure is not the length of time of a relationship. It's the way we show up to our role, how we impact others, right? How those people impact us. But those are the things we want to be thinking in terms of. So wrap your head around that. Maybe this was meant to end. What kind of impact did this have on me? We can't always be thinking in terms of forever. Forever doesn't necessarily make something inherently good. I see straight couples worry about that that have children. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're sticking around for the kids. Ah, nah, please. The research shows over and over. Kids need healthy, happy caregivers, not a mom and a dad or, or a happy couple that's married. I'm sorry, or a couple that's married. They're just the mere presence of these two people isn't what's helpful. It's the mental health that they create. Also, because again, we're talking about how do you get over a breakup if you've been broken up with, is don't do creeping. Stop it. You got to fully let go. You got to fully move on. And that means not just leaving the relationship physically, you also have to weigh in on the emotional and the psychological. What does that mean? Well, it means a few things. And this is really hard for some people to hear. To actually get over it and psychologically let them be gone because they broke up with you and for you to move on, you need to not spend time on their social media. That is keeping them psychologically and emotionally present and not letting you mourn the loss and move on. I know it's hard, right? We need to stop talking about them endlessly and complaining. That also keeps them psychologically and emotionally very attached and present. It makes us struggle to move on. Why do I think I can't move on? Because you're always bringing them in emotionally. Because you're always spending time with them psychologically by battling them in your head. Talking about them poorly or positively with your friends. Looking at things they gave you. Fantasizing about them. Driving by their home or going on their social media. None of those things allow you to fully psychologically and emotionally detach and move on. Do yourself that favor. Block them. Unfollow them. It was one of those powerful things I had to do when my uh, engagement ended. I had to move on fully. Now we're now we're tight. Now we're like best friends because we left as lovingly as we could, and we did a lot of repair work after. But we had to fully separate. My heart had to heal. Right and now I'm in a better relationship. I'm thankful for this better relationship. I needed that relationship to end, even though we were going to get married. I thought it would be forever. I'm so glad it's over. I didn't know that at the time, but I had to accept that it ran its course. It was a great bunch of years. Right. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to keep breaking down all the important aspects of um, how to get, how to, you know, how to deal with breakups, man. Stuff's not easy. Uh, but DMs always open. We're going to be breaking them down on later in the show. Got a DM for us, though, dropping our Loveline IG page in those DMs. Stick around, though, talking more of breakups. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Loveline is brought to you by Astroglide, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. Stick around. We'll see you back in a few. All right, we're back and uh, we are talking about breakups. And early in the show, we were talking about how to break up. And now we're talking about, well, basically how to get broken up with, how to uh, get over a breakup. So we're talking about, it's not about success or failure, right? It's about how, what kind of partner you were. It's not about the length of time. We're also not doing any creeping. Why? Because we're trying to psychologically and emotionally move on and not keep spending time with them on those levels. Also, we're feeling our feelings. I know it's horrible. Trust me. I lived there for a while. I've been there. We have to stay open to the hurt. We don't want to spend our time trying to avoid the pain or residual feelings. We have to allow them. The only way over something is through it. The only way through it is in it. However you want to look at it. You are wounded. We have to treat that emotional wound the same with the same respect and honor we would a physical wound, right? We need to ask for what we need. It's okay to take time off. It's okay to drop the bar uh, on expectations or productivity. It's okay to take time away. It's okay to say to people, I'm, I'm dealing with an injury. I have a wound. I have a psychological, emotional wound. I left a relationship where I got broken up with. It's the same thing as injuring yourself physically. The same respect or care you'd get with a cast on your leg from a broken leg is the same respect I want you to get from a wounded heart. Totally. We don't honor that. We're like, oh, she got broken up with. Anyway, we're going to need to see it work in an hour and I need you to pick up the kids. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm dealing with an injury. I'm going to actually need the day off and I'm going to ask a friend, a loved one or family member to go pick up the kids. I'm dealing with a wound. My psychology, mental health matters as much as my physical health. It matters more often, right? But we're centering mental health. We're having good boundaries. You need the time. Take the time. Tons of self-care. I needed to take a week off from all my jobs. I was not available to others. I needed to go inward and be with myself. I had nothing to give other people. I was not socializing. I was not going to work. I took my time. I was where I was. I let myself be where I was. I was doing tons of self-care, tons of self-care. Um, 
And that's like the next piece, self-care. Focus on truly nourishing and healing things, the people, places, and things you're around. At that time, when dealing with a broken heart, it's okay to really center things that make you feel good, right? We're eating things that make us feel good. We're working on getting enough sleep, staying hydrated. We're moving our bodies. We're socializing a lot to the extent that feels good for us, right? Because we're not trying to do things that deplete us. We're really working on doing things that restore us, that make us feel good right? Like that's, that's the work. And so focus on that. It's okay generally, but also especially at that time to really focus on that. Now here's the most adult part and the most therapeutic part in terms of intervention around a breakup is learning from it. And after your heart's healed a little bit and you've worked on those boundaries and self-care, we learn from it. Prior relationships show us patterns and problematic patterns and habits right? Prior relationships show us what's possible, who we've let ourselves become, right? So looking back can help us learn how to be better next time. Who were you that you want to be again? Who were you that you don't want to be again? That's an important part of all healing. I don't care who did what or who's responsible. We look back and we say, what can I learn from that? Who do I want to see myself be again and hear myself say, and what do I not? That's how we learn what we've allowed. But a lot of people don't learn anything. They just sit in the pain They stay connected by looking at their social media and talking about them endlessly. They burn it down. When they see them, they name call. It's a mess and they never actually learn anything from it. And then they move into the new relationship with all these unhealed wounds leaking all over the place, a hot freaking mess, and just jump back into something, not realizing you're bringing all of that mess into someone else's life. There's no mental health in that. Before we start dating again, we assess our mental health. What kind of impact will I have on a new person in relationship? Will I be good for them? Will I bring joy into their life? Or am I just going to bring drama and hardship? Have I healed? That's an important question to ask yourself always before getting into a relationship or even having children. Or, or being a boss, if you're going to take on a leadership role, an administrative role, or a boss role, have you healed your relational wounds? Are you going to act that out on your employees? Are you going to act that out on your child? Are you going to act that out on the new relationship you move into? What work do you have to do? Have you dealt with your anger issues, your impulse control, your boundaries, your low self-esteem? Like all of that needs to be paid attention to, especially in certain roles like teachers, where you're with the kids literally all day long, impacting their mental health. Are you constantly raising your voice? Are you constantly acting out your stuff on them? They're, they have, they're in a smaller positions of power. Do you take advantage of that? Are you abusive? I know a lot of teachers that are abusive. I'm not trying to go on a tear of teachers. I'm, a lot of them are amazing. It's just where my mind went because I had a lot of trauma in the educational system. I had a lot of physically and psychologically abusive teachers. Most of them were nuns when I was in Catholic school. But that, that tradition continues in a lot of ways. So I'm just calling this out. People in positions of power or management of any kind, work on your stuff because you're harming people and you're impacting their mental health. But within relationships, that intimacy, man, we want to be healing for people. Are you in a position to enter someone else's life and heal them, make them better, bring joy? And that's always what I say to people. You want to start dating? How happy are you? You should generally be pretty happy. Otherwise, you're going to bring that misery into someone else's life or make them responsible for making you happy. Work on a general level of happiness before you start dating. Work on also having friends. If you don't have friends, work on that first so as to have other outlets and distractions and, 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 and healthy support while dating. First, be happy. Second, work on friends. And the third piece I always say is, do you have purpose and meaning in your life? Or are you going to put that on your partner? Work on building that as well. Once you have those three things dealt with, you're probably at your best to enter into a relationship and be good for someone. But a lot of people don't assess that in those ways. They need to. So we're learning. Who are we? Who were we? Right? We're taking time. Don't be afraid of that. That's an important thing. I'm okay with people entering relationships right away if, they're, if they've healed. The length of time between relationships does not determine the health of the next relationship. That's why we're, we're better than words like rebound. People can go right into a new relationship. If you're healed and healthy, that's what will make it healed and healthy. Healthy people are enter and create healthy relationships. So it's not about the time. It's about your current health and level of functioning. So really work on that. That's what's scariest to me is you can see people not managing their breakup well and then ready to bring all their crap and, and baggage into someone else's life. Don't do that. Same thing with parenting. Same thing with positions of power. Really be aware of what your stuff is. And if you don't know what it is, then you're you're danger. You should be able to ex- explain to someone what you're working on or what you're being thoughtful about. Otherwise, you're not and you're acting your stuff out on people. So we need to get better about that. Uh, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to finish off talking about breakups. 
Man, even if you are not someone who's going through one or will be, this is still important stuff that we can utilize for all of our relationships because I'm always trying to round it out. But stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we are back and uh, we're finishing up our little conversation about breakups. First couple segments, we were talking about how to break up. Now we're talking about how to get broken up with, with, uh, with some integrity. And uh, look, I know it's hard, but again, we're thinking in terms of what kind of partner was I? We're not creeping. We're letting the psychological, emotional attachments dissipate and drift away. We're sitting with our feelings and we're going all in, right? We're not, a fear, we're not afraid of the pain. But then we're also focusing on self-care and taking care of ourselves, being careful about who we're around, what we say yes to, what we need to say no to. We're sleeping, we're eating healthy, we're drinking water, socializing when we can, moving our bodies. Um, and then we kind of talked about, again, learning. So now we move into more of the integrity piece. Don't bash your ex. We talked about in the earlier segments. Endless conversations about how horrible they were keep you feeling bad and trapped. Leave your hurt feelings also off social media. You don't need to put your ex on blast. It makes you look ridiculous. It makes you look dysregulated. It makes you look like you can't handle being let down or disappointed. It makes you look like you have a lot of work to do and it's a warning sign to anyone else going, oh, don't date that person. When they're unhappy or wounded, they put all their mess on social media and take it out on someone. If that wasn't a healthy relationship and they weren't a good person, then be glad it's over. If they were a good person, be sad and disappointed, but do with integrity. They're allowed to leave you. They should leave if it's not working or healthy for them anymore. And if they were horrible anyway, well then lean into the joy and success of being gone. Ask yourself why you weren't the one who was willing to take care of yourself and think better of yourself to leave, but needed them to leave. That's where the work is right? But we're not bashing them. We're not going endlessly on about how horrible they are. We're not putting on social media. That will not heal you. That's not part of health and maturity. It markets you though as someone who can handle hurt feelings and is very dysregulated. It, it's not cute. As they say, the kids say it's not a cute look. Don't be that person. Seriously. Whoa. Also, we're not shying away from sex and dating, right? When we feel like we're ready and we could be good for someone, we're in. As I said, the length of time between past and new relationships does not determine its health or sustainability. It can be healing and good for your self-esteem to date and have sex right away. Studies show that over and over. Getting right back into dating if you're ready and feeling good and having sex right away will prevent you from questioning whether or not you're dateable, right? Or what's to come. It can really help heal that. Or the opposite, make you realize that dating is a little more difficult and harder than you thought. Not everyone's ready to step into that. Some people are. But hold space for a future relationship of some kind with your ex or with someone else. There's more to come. And friends with exes can be a really, really beautiful healing thing if they're a healthy person. Maybe they're not. Maybe this is where we say goodbye, right? But what can we learn from it? How can we be better? What do we wanna do with this pain? That's when the topic of mental health and how mentally healthy you are really gets brought into uh, truth or fruition, right? When we're honestly looking at and this is why this is why I'm relational. When someone says like, "What's your psychological lens?" One of the words I like to bring in is, "I'm a relationalist." Everything is about relationships. Every song, every movie, every book. And when I say relationships, I don't just mean romantic ones. I mean of all the various ways that we intersect other people's lives and they intersect ours. We are relational beings, right? Our brains are literally social organs. They are their their best, their most resilient and robustness is born out of the kinds of relationships we're a part of. Our nervous systems are born out of and built within the relationships we have. Our total health, right? We don't talk enough about that. And so our mental health is shown by the quality of our relationships, friends and family members. What's your contribution? What are your current relational struggles? What's what's the same thing that's always happening? Right? If people are always letting you down, maybe you don't have great expectations and you're actually creating that by having expectations that people can't live up to. Like we have to always ask what our part in that is. How might we be setting this up, perpetuating this, or pushing this forward? It can't just be everything is everyone else. People are just horrible. That's the problem. That's not an answer and that's not psychologically minded. What is your role in that? Is it the way you see things? Is it the way you're going about things? Is it the expectations you have? I saw some disgusting person talking about, and this is gross to me, um, and it was a little heavy-handed of a way to say it, but someone talking about how offended they were and won't go out with someone if their first date is for a walk, a hike, or a coffee shop. They want flowers and to be taken out to dinner, and it was like, you don't even understand what a relationship or a first date's about. 
It's not about them flaunting themselves. It's not about them selling a dream. And your worth isn't tied to the dates they choose. Healthy people choose authentic dates, casual ones on the front end, because they don't know you or know how, what it's gonna be like to spend time with you. And they're authentic. If they're a casual person, the dates are casual. But you're not even trying to go on a date. You're hung up on the presentation of it all. And that's an example where we don't necessarily look at what is our work? What kind of people are we bringing into our lives? Right, because only a certain kind of person is going to go along with all that mess. So maybe not the best example, but it's a point where at some point we stop, we pause, and we look at all the different relationships we're in: coworkers, family members, friends, acquaintances, hookup partners, people we're dating, have dated, and we say, "What's the quality of all those?" Right, and whatever the struggles are, the downsides, how what, what in there can I learn about myself? right? Because I'm the common denominator. What's my work? All of them give you opportunities to practice and to grow and to be better. So step into that. Like that's why I love relationality. We don't talk enough about that. We think mental health is just about how we deal with our feelings and our thoughts. But that's like thoughts and feelings are the vehicles around which we interact and interface with people. So it's like they're not going far enough, right? We're stopping too short and we stop there. Anyway, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in our Loveline and G page in the DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris from the Astroglide Studios, personal lubricants and massage oils for everyone. Stick around. We'll be back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we're back and now it's time to glide into those dms gliding into the dms so Stam says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Mary. I've been asked this question several times, but I still don't know how to answer it. What do I identify as? I just call myself a lesbian and I've never gone deeper than that. People try to classify me as a stud or a tomboy and I don't mind what other people call me, but I've been feeling more pressure lately to identify as something. Do I have to go deeper into the lesbian sub names? And if I wanted to, how would I go about finding out what I classify as? I love this question. I love questions like this because it really walks us into the enormity of uh, both identity, exploration, sexuality, arousal. Um, a couple things. First off is you, you don't need to identify. And I appreciate that, you know, we like labels because they make us think as though we're building intimacy or getting to know someone. But labels are lazy and labels make us lazy. Labels back us off of asking, clarifying more honest questions. Because if someone says something like, I'm a boy, I'm a lesbian, we think we've learned something. But neither one of those labels or any other label tells me anything right? There's so many different kinds of boys, cis and trans, black and white, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many different kinds of lesbian that that word tells me nothing. Even words like stud or tomboy, these sub-labels, sub-genres, 
that still doesn't really tell me much. And in fact, what it does for you is it traps you because we buy into those labels and we try to perform them perfectly, right? Or we limit ourselves and we maybe lean away from things that sit outside of that. We also don't acknowledge that our sexuality and our identity is very uh, social and contextual and relational, meaning it might change based on who we're with. One of my favorite examples is even sex drive. If you're with one kind of partner, you're the hypersexual partner. But if you're with someone with a higher drive, you're the low sexual desired partner. It shifts and changes. Right, Just like someone can be with someone of the same gender but still be bisexual because they still might like the opposite gender but they're just not currently with that person. And so labels fail us, labels trap us. And so I don't think you need to go any deeper, right? Because it's rare that you'll actually have to lean in and use those words and even when you do, it gets lazy and it limits and it shuts down exploration, it shuts down further investigation, it shuts down the further intimacy building of people asking more questions. It frustrates people. People have tried to do that even with my sexuality. And I tell them I use, I don't use words like gay or straight. Uh, I don't believe in those words. I use words like sexually fluid, sexually open, always exploring. You know, I've been with every gender expression, every body expression. Um, and sexuality, again, is not a landing point. We think it's a landing point. Well, once I figure it out, I'm gay, I'm straight, and then we go into the subgenres, but sexuality is always growing and evolving, and we have to unearth it because it's buried under what? Our gender training, it's buried under slut shaming, it's buried under homophobia, it's buried under so many different forces that whatever someone says is their true sexuality, I always know isn't the totality of them anyway. And I know that if someone says I'm gay or straight or something like that, that they maybe stop exploring the gender that's outside of what they think their label is. You know, when I identify as straight, no one's continuing to say when's last time you're with someone of the same gender. If you identify as gay, I had people saying, no one said when have you last been with someone of the female gender because they see it as a limit, a stop, stopping point, and we shouldn't. It should be open-ended. And so I personally move through the world without a label knowing that I'll move towards what I have interest and desire for. <clears throat> I'm not going to participate in uh, identity politics like that. Now, having said that, I do think it is important for people of any kind of uh, sexual minority or exploited identity to build community. And labels help us access community. Labels help make us feel real. And so I think that early on, labels are very important. It's kind of like the work of ego. You need an ego to then kill your ego. And that's the work of, as building a strong ego to move through the world and then letting go of and moving away from. I think sexual identity is the same way. We enter needing to identify with the label and community and we get resources and socialization and confidence. And then I think the work of the second phase of life is letting go of all of that and exploring beyond that and not having so much worth and meaning tied to that, right? And finding people outside of all of that, kind of letting go of community once we found it in some ways. So be on your journey, you know, don't confine yourself like that. And those that really care about you will appreciate that. And uh, they'll be open to spending time to really getting to know who you are. That is our show, y'all. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. They're always open. Drop them in there in uh, past episodes of Loveline. You can uh, go to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face. Bam, click on it. There they are. We'll be back tomorrow night. We'll be talking about couples conflict and mindfulness. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.